From the Rodney Kieferi Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Klump talks to us about how seizing an opportunity to operate as a director helped him prepare for his current role, how beneficial it is to always find different ways to help move the strength program forward, and how no matter what your role is, plan and act like a leader to set a standard. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. The Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by Play. Listen in on a conversation with Play's Global Director of Performance and Education, Coach Mike Buley. Coach Buley describes the vision of how Play will continue to be the company that will propel the innovation of the strength and conditioning profession forward. Well, after 22 years of, of coaching, I've learned that connection trumps communication and that it's not enough for coaches to know that you care. And I think you got to take that a step further. They need to experience that you care. And I've always been a coach that tried to be more tra- uh, transformational than transactional. And so with that awareness in mind too, I always enjoyed working and learning and talking to other people and, and coaches and developing that camaraderie. I've always been, made myself available to the community because I remember how hard it was too to try to get a crack into this this profession. And, and uh, I promised myself if ever I was given a shot, I would never take advantage of that. I always allow myself to uh, help other people uh, chase their dreams in this profession. It's been very good to me. Play is a company that will help your strength conditioning program find solutions for all your needs. Review second best and check them out at play.us for more information. Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, I'm joined by Trevor Klump. He's the assistant strength and conditioning coach at the University of Detroit Mercy. And prior to that, he spent some time at the University of Michigan. Coach, thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem. Could you let us know a little bit about your current role at Detroit Mercy? Absolutely. So I'm, yeah, like you said, assistant uh, here at Detroit. I've been here for about six years now. Um, And right now I work with our women's basketball, women's lacrosse and women's soccer programs. Um, Over the course of my career here, I have worked with basically every team. It's just kind of gotten shuffled around. Um, Most recently was with men's soccer, which we've kind of shuffled some teams around. Things worked a little bit better as far as the schedule. Um, And we've got one of our other assistants more, more time with the field sports. So um, other than that, I, you know, do my best to try and support our director as much as I can. Um, I help run our internship program, which uh, unfortunately has kind of gotten a shutdown given the COVID issues and, and things right. that we're dealing with. So, mm-hmm. um, but, but yeah, that's, it's really kind of what I try and do, um, help with purchasing, you know, budget stuff and uh, trying to make sure that, you know, things continue to run smoothly is, is per, you know, my boss. What? In your previous experience, how prepare you for this role? Because you said you have with sure. purchasing and everything to help make the head strength coach's job easier. But where did you learn that or what a part of that process like appealed to you? 
Sure. So I think I first learned, you know, a lot about that when I was at Michigan was, you know, in order to be a great boss, you've got to be a great assistant. So um, that was one of the things that I remember learning from Bo Sandoval, you know, early on was what can I do to make sure that my boss is not only happy, but his vision of what he wants this department to look like. How do I make sure that I take, you know, a lead in getting that done? So it's not, you know, (sighs) I think that was really where it started. And it was just from there. Um, it, it had an interesting, I guess, experience when I got to Detroit. Um, about a year in, um, our the, the director at the time took another job and left. Um, and we actually went directorless for about eight months until they hired our current director. So really everything fell on to me and the other assistant. Um, and then a few months later, even after that, he left. So it was really down to me and our GA running, you know, the whole department and taking care of really everything. Um, and then as well, you know, we had our 17 teams split between the two of us. So just trying to manage all of that, I think really I, I, you had to step up. I got thrown in the fire, I guess, pretty early. Um, and and I just had to take care of it. So it became, you know, developing closer relationships with people in our business office as far as purchasing and, and whatnot. I had to make sure that we still had bands that we could use. Um, we were trying to upgrade some equipment at the time, making sure that those things went, you know, went smoothly. So I actually was in, you know, a business office or, or our front office a lot more than I, I guess I really ever thought I would be, at least at that point in time. Um, it, and at the end of the day, I took it as a, hey, this is my shot. Let's see if I can you know, run, run a department in a way. Um, I was never really named anything and they ended up bringing somebody in, but, um, I think that helped me see the other side of things that I guess you just don't, I guess I at least never saw as an intern and as a GA. Um, I got to see really kind of the inner workings of what, how an athletic department runs. I got to sit into a couple extra meetings, um, you know, just being a, a year, a year and a half in. So, um, I really think that was kind of the big part of it. And it, it gave, like I said, it gave me some insight as to, okay, I've learned this and I've seen how this is done. How would I change it? And that's really kind of where it started with, you know, the internship program. I thought the internship program we had was good, but I said, you know what, I think I can make it a little better. And I didn't have anybody else to tell me that I couldn't. So I started there and that was kind of my, um, you know, my first project. And then at that point I was, you know, at the same time, when we were kind of in between directors, took the chance to develop my own policies, my own procedures. So I just, I've developed, I think it's a 50 page policies and procedures manual that if I was in charge, this is what we would do, you know? Um, and it was uh, talking to some other, you know, some old colleagues from Michigan, some other people and, you know, that I've met here in the last several years, you know, it, it's been, I just took that opportunity to to do it, even if it wasn't ever going to become mine. And then I ended up using that to try and obviously I tried to get the job as a director, um, but uh, that didn't go, you know, obviously my way. But um, when Nick came in, um, we looked at it. I presented it to him, and he's like, "Hey, this looks pretty good." And so that kind of that's kind of how it started, I guess. Um, and again, at that point, it was how can he liked what I had. He had some things he wanted to add to it and, and make changes. Obviously, he had his own ideas and, and whatnot. But and I think at that point, it was I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I stay. And I think, you know, I heard all the the, the rumors and the, the horror stories of new a new head coach comes in. And he brings his own staff. He's got his own guy. And I said, no, I, I can't lose this job. I need this job. 
Um, I wanted to be here. Um, my wife wants to be here. We were, you know, we're happy where we're at. So I fought and did everything I had to, to make sure that his vision kind of became my vision at the same time. That is a good thing to learn wherever you go is it's worth fighting for. And I'm willing to do what I have to do to make sure I'm the best teammate because you are a team and you want to be the best teammate possible. You run the internship program. Does that, do you carry that into your internship program? Be like, look, I know what it's like to be where you're at working your way up and here's how you go about it. And what's the culture you look to build within your internship program? I think the, yes, I I think the beginning of it for sure. I, I, I enjoyed my internship you know, and I use a lot of what my internship was to build what I do now or what we try and do with our interns now. Um, the, I say the culture that we try to build is we expect you to coach right away. Um, you know, we want somebody that even if they're, you know, we say if they're, even if they're green, we want them coaching something. So we do our best to try and educate them on, you know, maybe how we do some things. And, and I know that's, that can get thrown around and, and have some bad juju to it. But I think at some point, you know, we do it, a certain way and that works for our situation that you know may not work in a different situation um, but ultimately we want our interns to be able to walk out of here with the ability to, to hopefully get paid you know whether it's through a graduate assistantship paid internship um, you know a professional internship or you know fellows or whatever they call them now but um, that's really our goal or if we have the ability to bring them in you know and hopefully pay us you know I was very fortunate in I only did one internship. I, I interned with, with University of Michigan. Um, I stayed on a second semester and then got, uh, I was fortunate enough again to get a graduate assistant right out of that. So it was, I saw it as this is the steps that I took. And this is, you know, this is what I think you could do to hopefully get into that position. I realized that's not probably, I'm probably a rare case in some of those in some sense, but um, you know, I at least try and give what I did. This is what worked for me, um, to those interns and then, you know, fill in the blanks here and there with, here's what I didn't get. Here's what I think you could, you know, benefit you. So, and what do you think was that main characteristic that made you so successful going from intern to GA and then working your way up in Michigan? What do you, what do you think it was? Because, we're all hard workers. We're all smart. And when I hear that from an intern, I'm like, look, congratulations. Like that's just going to open up the door. Let's just keep you here. Right. 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 So yeah. what, what do you think made you a success there? And, and I guess, what do you look for when interns are applying to work with you? Sure. Honestly, I, I you know, I, it would be the, you know, I was the hardest worker in the room, but I think at some point it was, I was willing to ask for more mm. and and there was not a day I don't remember of, of that I could that it, I don't remember a day going in and trying not to learn something. And I think that sometimes, you know, it, it, interns get a bad rap or, hey, we got to clean. I remember I remember an incident we had I would, had already gotten a graduate assistantship. I was helping out the interns and I said, hey, we got some down time let's get some of this you know some deeper cleaning done that doesn't get done every day mm-hmm. and I'm be the first to step in and help but they gave me this, you know, this attitude of, well, we're not here just to clean. We're here to say, we don't have anything else to do. So let's make our time rather than you sitting on your phone, you know? Um, so I think at the end of the day, but that was, 
I was trying to do more. I was asking more, you know, how can I get more responsibility? I wanted to learn a lot more about, I mean, even like just scheduling teams, you know, I started, I started asking questions on, Hey, how do you guys go about scheduling teams or how do you guys go about, you know, getting with coaches? So I would start sitting into, um, into coaches, uh, like coaching meetings with, you know, our strength staff would sit with softball coach and, and how would they go about things? So, um, it was just trying to ask, asking more questions. And I think as far as, you know, an intern coming to me, what I look for is just an openness, a willingness to be able to do that. We've had a, several applicants come in, um, you know, that we brought in or, or tried to come in. And it just seemed like they were, they had, they were stuck in their ways. They had learned it from this guy and this is how they were going to do it, which probably works. Absolutely. I think there, you know, they say there's a million ways to skin a cat. Like, I think that probably would work in that situation give us a chance to show you what we do and how we've applied some of these things. Um, and I think that's really my, my biggest, you know, that's what I look for is, are you open enough to, you know, empty your cup, try and learn something new or at least a new adaptation of, you know, of something you may already know. No, I think that's a really good lesson to learn as an intern, just always stay open and open-minded and, you know, figure things out. So that when that one time you do get that phone call to, take that paid position, you can grab on your own personal experiences. What kind of culture do you look to build with all the teams you work with? You know, if I were to luckily, hopefully when this all ends and I can go to Detroit and, yeah, and, and walk in and, you know, check out one of your guys' workouts, what kind of culture would I see amongst you and your, your athletes? So I kind of developed, and I did this a while ago. I kind of developed, I've got my principles that I like, to try and follow myself. Um, and I, I just to try and make it a little fancier. I, it, the kids actually kind of like it. I, I, it dice. So discipline, integrity, coachability, and effort. You know, if I can instill those things into the teams that I work with, I think regardless of what they do, whether it's athletically, academically, you know, at home with in relationships, you know, in their careers, I think you're going to be pretty successful. So um, you know, being disciplined, taking care of what you have to take care of, whether or not you like it, um, having the integrity to make sure that you're doing the right things at the right time, um, coachability. And really is, I think that goes back to what we talked about with interns, you know, are you willing to learn more? Are you willing to be taught something new, um, or think outside the box and then just effort. I think at the end of the day, are you willing to put forth the effort? Are you, you know, not skipping reps? Are you doing the exercises to the best of your ability? Um, so those are the, you know, I, again, I tried to make it kind of fun. So I, we have that, or we used to have it in our, in the weight room, kind of D I C E up on the board. Um, so are you coming in? Are you checking off these boxes? Are you making sure that you're getting the most out of training session? And then again, I, I think we all hope that the lessons that they learn in the weight room or the lessons that they learn with us and, you know, in our training sessions carry over into, you know, other aspects of their life. So, um, I think, if you walk in though, we're trying to have some fun. You know, I, 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 there's, there's certainly different attitudes I have to take with different teams. Um, you know, each team has their own kind of mini culture within. So I think there's, I happen to work with more females now, um, and really only females directly right now. So it's a different attitude that I take with some of our males, male teams. But, um, I think at the end of the day, I just try and have some fun, try and push the kids to, to get the best out of them. And, and I want them to interact. I don't want, I don't want to be a drill sergeant. I, I want to, you know, encourage them, push them a little bit when I have to. And that way, when I have to get on them or when I know 
and they know that they're not giving their best and I get after them a little bit, then, you know, it's all out of love. There's no, you know, there's no hate in there. There's not, it's not that I'm mad at you. It's just, I expect more out of you. How many athletes do you manage currently? Like all your rosters added up together? Cause you have some pretty big teams there. <laughs> so uh, women's across has 29 women's soccer has got 30. And then our women's basketball team right now has 14. Um, so in 75 ish there. Um, and then, like I said, previous to this, I had women or men's soccer too. So I had another 34 guys that I was working with. Um, I think I technically have the largest load. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's what <laughs> close to a hundred yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for one coach. So how do you go yeah. about managing the needs for, I mean, those are very diverse and different sure. types of uh, types of sports you're dealing with. How do you, how do you manage all that? Uh, it's funny. Cause I, 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 I look at from, you know, I have my, like we talked a little bit, I have my ideas behind what culture means and, and what we expect in the weight room. And I think those are kind of universal with most of our teams. Um, but then it comes down and I think it, it really comes down to what the coach is expecting to do, you know, what their head coach is expecting. So we're speaking, speaking the same language and we're giving them the same attitude is probably the wrong word, but the same type of, you know, presence. I guess, so that they see that, you know, the coach and I are on the same page and that, that we're interacting. Um, but I, I'll be honest, it is difficult. It's tough to go from a team that, you know, has these routines and things to do, um, you know, and, and has this certain way that they like to get things done or their coach likes to get things done when the coach in the next group in the next hour is completely opposite and has this different philosophy and has, has a different. So I think in that sense, I, I, I try and be as consistent with who I am and not try and fake much, but at the same time, I want to make sure that we're, we're still kind of following along. Um, so that's part of one, you know, one of the reasons why we tried that we kind of spread out the workload a little bit this year was, was it just got to be, I was running up and down and, and just couldn't, you know, not that I couldn't keep track of things, but it was, it, it seemed to make a little bit more sense to, you know, let me focus on some, on some of our, our, our sports, um, or certain sports rather than others. Uh, not that I dumped men's soccer by any means, but it just got to a point where they, their practice time worked out and it was later in the day where all the rest of my teams were earlier. So, um, it just, I don't know. It's tough. I'll be honest. It is, it is difficult to really, you know, get what you want or what the coach wants out of each of the groups you know, especially when they can be totally different. Um, and I think this year makes it tough too, because a lot of our coaches haven't seen their kids in, you know, since March, at least here. Um, plus the addition, we've got two new head coaches that I work with. Our women's basketball um, head coach is new this year. Um, so learning how she runs and how, what she wants and, and how she likes things run um, is certainly been a challenge. And then our women's lacrosse coach, same concept. He was here. Um, he took over, I think in January this year. Um, so he got a little bit of time with the girls. Um, but really, I mean, his season got cut off kind of when everybody else's did. So, um, it's just been conversations, just trying to learn, you know, what do you expect out of these teams? How, how can I help with that and, and, and move forward? That relationship between the head coach and, and yourself and make sure you communicate is big. And, right. and, and I think that's one of the reasons why I have a lot of respect for what you're doing is because, you know, I'm in 
similar situation. You know, I, it's me and, and we have one assistant now and there's 16 teams. So, you know, yeah. we're all at like eight teams each. And <laughs> I think yeah. just, we each have close to, you know, you know, 150 and 125 yeah. athletes each. So it's, it's, yeah. it's a lot to manage, but it's definitely, yeah, it you know, I think you become a better coach the more adversity you see. Absolutely. I think, you know, and, and that was, that was, I like to, to say that that it helped me because it's gotten me to a point where like, I don't have time anymore to like beat around the bush with some coaches. So I think I've grown in, in my ability to communicate with coaches rather than, you know, I, it, it just happened to be today. Coach wants to run an agility session tomorrow before practice she's a new coach. What does that mean? Instead of me trying to guess and ask, and it was coach, what exactly do you mean by agility? What are you looking for? What would you like to see out of this? Because to me, I, my thought on agility might be completely different on what she's looking at. And it happened that she gave me some ideas on what she thinks agility is. And I said, I can roll with that. I can work with that. So instead of me guessing and questioning and, and, you know, trying to come up with this. And then all of a sudden afterwards, she's mad because it wasn't what she expected. It's I just get it out in the open and be done with it. You know, and I think I've got, I, I think I'll get a better respect from her because then at least she knows that we're on the same page or that I'm willing to listen to her because, and unfortunately at the end of the day, they're, it's their team. You know, I, I do my best to try and give them my, whether it's expertise or whatever you want to call that, my opinion on, on what we do. But um, at the end of the day, it's there. I, I won't get fired if our basketball team doesn't do well again this year. You know, I'm, my job's probably safe, but, um, at the end of the day, I still want to see us succeed, you know? So how can I help her succeed? And that's just being open and, and just flat out, what do you mean by that? You know, try and get that, that gray out of there and just find out, do you want this or you want this? You know, I can try this or this or this. Um, so definitely. If you were to pick up the phone and call Trevor from six years ago, what would you tell him? Uh, I would say uh, pay more attention to what's going on around you, I think. I think in the beginning, when I first got here, it was thinking any kind of job in your first couple of months, it's kind of a whirlwind. You're still trying to learn some things. You know, they they gave me – um, how many teams did I have at that point? I think I had four teams still. And it was, here's our program. Here's how, we, like, here's what we do. So that I had, you know, the temple in front of me. And so it was just kind of plug and play almost. And I think it was good. It helped me in the beginning, but then I didn't understand why we were doing what we were doing. I was just, here's the workouts. Let's go. Here's the workouts. Let's move. Let's move. Let's move, you know, get kids through. So, um, I would say slow down and pay more attention. And I think, you know, looking back, I've, it, 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 I can't believe it's been six years, honestly. Um, but, but yeah, slow down, take a look around and, and, and start paying more attention to where you're at, what's going on, you know, and, and be more in the moment, I guess. For sure. That, that's, that's great advice. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's crazy how fast, uh, yeah, everything happens. And, before you know you it, you get excited and yeah, I was looking at, I was looking at your bio and I was like, oh, he's been there for a while. And, yeah. you know, and I've been at MSU Denver since, you know, 2013. So I'm, you know, and just conversating with all the coaches on the podcast, I'm always looking at the bios and, you know, it's, 
it's unfortunate, but you, you see the nature of our business when, you know, when somebody from 2014, you're like, oh, it's been a while because everybody else yeah, is like, yeah. we're, we're always moving or always changing. Yeah, yeah. two or three years and yeah, you're out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And moving around. But, you know, what's next for, you know, Coach Clump? Like what's what's on the horizon? I know we've all, we're all coming off of quarantine. And right. in my case, you know, those, you're getting this podcast up and running and making sure all of yeah, our absolutely. athletes are – are ready to go, but what's next, what's next for you? And you know, what can we look forward to? Man, I, I really want to do more, you know, on social media. Um, I think the summer gave me a little bit of an opportunity and kind of, kind of gave me a way to organize some things. So I kind I started my own, I guess, a separate sport performance, you know, Instagram page. That's a little more geared towards that. Um, you know, I've always kind of had a, a, I've always wanted to, and I keep, it's unfortunate. I keep saying this. I've always wanted to blog a little bit, write a little bit. Um, and, and actually that was a conversation a couple of years ago. I had with coach McKee about, he's like, just do it, just go for it. And I just, I, whether it was a time commitment thing or, you know, I never knew what to write about. So, you know, I'd like to be able to put some more stuff out and share just my, whether it's my journey or what I've done, whether it's right or wrong. Um, but no, definitely. I would it's, like to do this. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, and you definitely reached out. I know we had talked on Zoom yeah. amongst our staffs, and I, I think that was a really good thing for all of us. Conversate and see how see how things are going. You have a lot of teams and a and a lot of responsibility, um, but you know, you also have a wife, and you also have that that balance. Like what I I, I know other coaches sometimes will say it's a work life balance, but. I may, maybe it's more of an integration because, you know, we, we work a lot. So it's more of a, you know, how oh, do you no manage that as well? I yep. mean, I, you know, I'm married, I got kids and, you know, you're married and sure. you definitely, you know, what advice would Absolutely. you give to like a, a coach that's, you know, maybe interested in that? Sure. I, end of the day, I think the, any, any decisions made need to be, you know, obviously with, with the wife in mind and the family in mind. Um, for me, I think what I've missed out on and what I didn't do early on, and I think, again, this might be some more advice, you know, to Trevor six years ago is find a better hobby, do something, find something that's outside of strength and conditioning that you can do, whether it's, um, you know, for a while I was fishing, but unfortunately where we live, I don't have many lakes near me and I don't have a boat. So fishing tends to be a, a tough, yeah. <laughs> tough hobby to do. Um, so I've been trying to take up woodworking, mm, you know, okay. something to do, you know, on the weekends, or if I get a spare hour or two at night, then, then I can go and tinker around in the, you know, in the garage and, and, and do some woodworking. Um, but I think too, what I really tried to do early on was make, you know, do my best to get my work done at work, not really take work home. And then it, I know that, that can be really tough to do because, you know, we're, we're coaches, we're always trying to learn. And, and, you know, I think you can, you can wrap anything into it's, well, it's for work. You know, I'm reading this book because of work, you know, I'm trying to be better at my job. So um, I think it, it, being able to have a conversation with your significant other and, and, and your family that like, Hey, sometimes this might have to come home and, you know, or it, I, we actually schedule some time. She, she has a blog that she does. And so when she's writing a blog, I try and sit down. If I need to do some work, I'm, I'm doing my work at the same time. So it's not, you know, so when we do finish up with those things, we're, we're done and we're, you know, we can spend time, spend the time together rather than while I'm working and she's working or, you know, um, things like that. So, um, definitely a hobby though. I think that's a, 
something to take your mind off of everything else that's going on. No, definitely. And so you're actually like, you got like a sod stuff. I mean, like, are you oh, yeah. full blown woodworking? Oh, oh I, I mean, I'm, I'm not any good yet, but, um, my, so my grandfather was actually a woodworker. Nice. He's a carpenter. Okay. Um, and for a long time, you know, I've always enjoyed building things, making things with my hands. Um, I always enjoyed doing projects, you know, with my dad and, and whatnot. So yeah, I've got, I mean, I've got a table saw, I've got a miter saw. I'm working on getting, uh, a, a new work, woodworking bench. My wife is, uh, um, doesn't know if I need one right now, but, um, just trying to get some things and I, you know, cutting boards and, um, birdhouses and things, small things like that. I'm not sure if I'll go full blown building a, you know, a, a, a a conference room table or anything or chairs, but, um, you know, just some things. And then, Hey, if it turns into, Hey, people like these and maybe I can sell them, make a couple bucks on the side, you know, I, yeah, never know. Yeah, I, I got a lot of respect for that. <laughs> One of my uh, current interns, his dad is, is a carpenter. Like that's his, oh, his, wow. his trade. He's a carpenter. Really so, cool. um, you know, talking to him, trying to figure out, I was like, Hey, can we get some, you know, technique boxes or some, you know, something build up or like some decks and yeah, stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like, Absolutely. sure. And he, he, you know, he was just talking about the process and I was like, man, there's a lot more that goes. I figured it was just drill a hole, screw, uh, put some wood <laughs> glue on it and like some rubber on yeah. top. But I think it's a little bit more, more difficult than that. Oh yeah. They, I think it's as diff, it, it can be as difficult as you want it to be. Okay. That's gotcha. the one thing I've, I've done so far. Um, I made my wife a, uh, a cookbook stand, I guess okay. you would call yeah. it. And it kind of looks like a cutting board, but then it's got a little lip on the front. So to hold the book open yeah. and up. Um, and that was really, it was out of one piece of wood. I cut All it, right. made a couple of cuts, a couple of little, little, little tacks with some wood, wood glue and sanded it. And then she's like, I love it. We're good. So, I mean, it, it took me an afternoon and, and it was nice. I've made a, um, like a little lap desk. Yeah. If I wanted to sit in bed and, and type, you know, so my computer is elevated a little bit, but. Um, yeah, I think the cutting boards are going to be next, but I think the, the, I actually made a plyo box and it is the crookedest. <laughs> it is all jagged. When you stand on it, it actually like wobbles because it's all, it's not square at all. Um, that was my first attempt to think at really trying to do wood, uh, like a woodworking project uh -huh. and it failed miserably, but I'm going to. I think that actually, you know what? That might be my next project is getting myself a better plyo box at home. No, that's, that's definitely, um, I'll, I'll be looking forward to that. Cause I know in, in quarantine, at least when we started, yeah. it was tough to find some home gym equipment cause everything just got bought oh. out. So luckily yeah, eventually really down good. the road, I was able to get a, a squat stand, but, um, you know, nice. I, it, either was thinking to myself, I was like, it would have been beneficial to be a little bit more, you know, self-sufficient as far as when it comes to yeah. working or like building some version. I've seen some people do the basic ones with like, they put cement in the five gallon bucket and like different, different angles and that stuff. I tried that. I, I got, I was too scared to try it. I, I, I did that. I, I got the two by four or the four by fours in and I got cement in, I got everything level and square. And then when I went to put the bar on it, empty bar almost tipped it over. I said, I don't know if I can yeah. use this. I don't want to, I don't want to cr like crush myself with, with anything more than the bar. And uh, I've seen some crazy, some crazy platform or uh, racks though. I yeah. out of like four by fours and stuff. I did see People that. got real creative. I'll be keeping an eye. Hopefully we can see, get racks <laughs> by Trevor or pile boxes by Trevor or something. Go. But that's right. Um, where, how, if you know, if our, our listeners wanted to 
you know, check you out and you know, whether it's social media or, or get a hold of you. Cause you know, I, I think the, the main crux of why, why I think you're somebody I would definitely want to talk to is cause you, you're in the trenches with us. Like you have a lot of teams, you're, you're doing a lot. And right. you know, if other coaches wanted to get a hold of you and find out a little bit more about how you manage things or how you talk to all your, all your coaches or a little bit more about your path, what's the best way to find you? really anyway i don't remember if my cell's on the uh, website or not but i'm happy to give that out um but um email tclump1 at gmail.com or clump tj at udmercy.edu those are my two ones work one's personal either way um instagram i i mean dm me that's fine i don't do twitter much i just for whatever reason i don't and then i don't know if anybody uses Facebook anymore. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah. <laughs> but either way, I mean, DM probably the, the quickest way I've usually got my phone on. I got a couple of groups that I'm in that I, you know, chat with pretty regularly, but yeah, absolutely. Happy to chat, happy to share what I do and whether or not it helps or, or hurts, then we'll see. No, I think that's great coach. And thank you for being on and we'll definitely, you know, bring you back on and, and, you know, do some follow up with you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. It's, Thank you. You guys are doing a fantastic job with this. I really, really enjoying the 2.0. And, and, and I think this is fantastic that, that you guys continued this on that, um, you know, you guys didn't let the iron, iron game chalk talk die off. So that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Appreciate you coach. You have a good one. All right. Take care. This episode is brought to you by optimum nutrition athletics. After dominating the sports nutrition industry for over 30 years, the newly created Optimum Nutrition Athletics brings the same trust and quality at a great price. They've worked hard to put convenient nutritional supplement options in the hands of your athletes. Because of the increased demands, ON now offers their third-party tested NSF certified gold standard whey protein powder in 10-pound bags exclusively for their athletics partners. Owen even released ready-to-drink cartons of their gold standard whey protein shakes for your athletes and coaches that are on the go. Colleges and universities across the country have partnered with Owen to give their athletes the highest quality nutritional supplements and Owen continues to deliver. They provide flexibility and affordability for all their partners. If you'd like to learn more about their expanding line of supplement products or if you're interested in becoming a partner, contact Owen's Rachel Kravitz on Instagram at on underscore athletics underscore West or email rkravitz at glambia.com. This episode is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations worldwide, performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or where they work out in the weight room view on a tablet. Right now, when you start a 14-day free trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. I'm telling you, great people, great software. Check them out. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. 
Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.